Our scripture today is from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Let us join in singing Christ Arose, hymn number 294. Please stand as we sing.
Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> you all are in good voice this morning. That's, uh, that's pretty good. It's nice, nice to have this extra choir out here. That's wonderful. So the familiar Easter story, this one given to us by Luke. And what I, I love Luke's story because Luke is all about the women. Right? Luke is all about the women. Not in a bad way. In, in a good way. Luke is always lifting up the role that the women play in the life and times of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And uh, in the resurrection story, several women are the first to get up in the morning and go down to take care of Jesus. Where are the men? They're asleep. Typical. Typical. And they're there getting it done. They're getting it done. And they get there and, the, and they're perplexed. The, the stone is rolled away. Because they, they, they didn't need anyone to roll the stone away. They could take care of it. They could take care of it, right? Because they're tough first century women who can handle those things. But there it is. They're, the stone's rolled away. They're wondering what's going on. And they look in there and they're looking for Jesus' body and it's gone. Gone. And I'm sure there was some debate about it. What's happened? What, someone came and took the body. Who would do such a thing? Who would do something like this? What are we going to do? Who are we going to tell? How are we going to manage this? Where could have they taken Jesus? And all of a sudden two angels appear and say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you dwelling here and debating about where Jesus is? You know where Jesus is. Jesus had told you what was going to happen. And they said, you know what? You're right. I do remember that now. All of a sudden, in the, in the light of Easter morning, things start to make sense. And they run back. They wake everyone up. <laughs> and they say, the Lord Jesus has risen from the dead. He's alive. We thought He was dead. But He is alive. And we're here to tell you. And what happens? Oh, come on. A lot of eye rolling. A lot of what they called idle talk. They thought it was just an idle tale. Oh, come on. You're just being hysterical. No, guys, you you ever don't ever say to your your loved one who's a woman that they're being hysterical. All right, I'm just one guy to another. I'm just telling you, don't do that. <laughs> You're not gonna want to do that. I'm just saying. But they said it, and the women are like, "You need to listen to us. I'm telling you." Something extraordinary has happened. And we were sent back here to tell you all about it. And you better start listening. Well, most of them were, you know, getting their coffee and just like, well, you know, I don't know. Crazy. But Peter, Peter wakes up out of his, his, you know, days there. And he runs down to the tomb and confirms it. And of course, everyone believes Peter. Oh, well, well, oh, well, Peter looked and said it, and there we go. So it must be true. As I'm thinking about this Easter story this morning, 
what I, what the message that come to me that I kept hearing is that we are called to echo these women. To stop looking for the living among the dead. Boy, it is a luxury for us to sit around and debate the ins and outs of Scripture and debate which church is right and which one's wrong. And it's, you know, to, to ponder and wonder about what color the hall should be and to fight over minutia of how you know organizations work and all these wonderful things that we spend a lot of time and energy on and what i hear the gospel message saying to us today is stop looking for the living among the dead and what a luxury it is in our own lives to get so caught up in in the the hows and the haves and you know if i just had the right car and i had just had the right clothes if i just had the right house if i just had the right education if i just had all the right stuff if i just had more money more job more 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 if i just looked like george clooney then things would fall into place and i hear the voice of the angels come to me saying why are you looking for the living among the dead and so often we look at this world and all we see is destruction and death and mayhem and there's a lot of destruction and death and mayhem and sorrow and despair and bitterness and agony. And we can throw up our hands and we can pull out our hair and we can say how long. And what comes back to us is, why do you keep looking for the living among the dead? And this call, we are called to echo the women who rush back and say, but He is alive. Amen? He is alive. We are called to not just dwell on the death that is around us, but to talk about the living and do something about it. Amen? We are called to echo this gospel message of resurrection, new life, new creation, being born again and not in the bad way, but in a good way. And to be a new thing going on, as Isaiah had said. We're called to live this out and shout it from the mountaintops. And not in an obnoxious way. You know what I'm talking about. Not handing people tracts or yelling at Folks, when I went to Weber State, there was this guy, we called him the cross guy, because he was a little cross, and he held, he dragged around this giant cross, and he would yell at everyone, you're going to hell! And he would just yell at them, and I'm, that's not what I'm talking about, that's not the good news I'm telling you to proclaim, or that I'm hearing from the gospel. The good news is that we are empowered by God, that Death isn't the victor. Life is the victor. Amen? That, that is not the last word. God has the last word. And God says He is alive. Amen? God says you are alive. Amen? God says this world can be alive. Amen? Amen. And it means that we are empowered to get out there and get our hands dirty. And people are going to roll their eyes at us. 
And people are going to you know, call us crazy and accuse us of just having idle tales. When we say that this world needs to be different and that God has called us to be different, they're going to tell us we're crazy. They're going to tell us we're naive. They're going to tell us we're just overly optimistic because we live in a cynical world, don't we? We live in a skeptical world, but we are called to bring the living Word to this dead, skeptical, cynical world. And I don't mean, again, I don't mean being that obnoxious person on the airplane who wants to make sure my salvation's in place. Right? I don't want you to do it. Please don't do that. I give you permission to not talk about your faith on an airplane. Okay? Right? But what I am talking about are, are people like... I used to work with, a, with an organization called the Ryder House. The Ryder House, it started out as kind of an orphanage. But what it did is this organization took children. When children had been t- passed from foster parent to foster parent to foster parent and had either been abused by their foster parents or just were so had so many problems going on that they could not make it in foster care. What do you do when you can't make it in foster care? What's, I mean, what else is there? What's left? The Ryder Center said, we will figure out what's next. And I used to, do, I used to go play guitar and just talk about Jesus. And thankfully, I rarely heard about these stories because they were just kids to me, but these kids had been through hell and back. And this group of people said, we need to do something about it. And they said, we will take the most difficult children and the most difficult cases and the most broken people you know, and we will figure out how to get them through life. And they have been doing that for 40-something odd years. I also I met another woman in Seattle who was studying to be a nun, but she was also what they, uh, part of an organization called Christian Peacemakers. Uh, you know, several years ago, one of these folks in this organization got run over by a bulldozer that was crushing Palestinian homes in Israel. And these Christian Peacemakers, this, this friend of mine, they took soccer balls to Palestine. Because in order for the Palestinian children to get to school, they had to have Israeli soldiers escort them every day through Israeli settlements into Palestinian territory from the settlements. They had, and because there was such danger between the Palestinians and the Israelis, the Israeli soldiers had to escort these kids to school every day. Could you imagine having to have a military escort for your children to go to school? Well, these Christian peacemakers, this friend of mine, they took soccer balls. And they just, this is what they did. They threw soccer balls out into the the fields. And the kids would play soccer. And pretty soon, the Israeli soldiers started playing soccer with the kids. And pretty soon, some other Israeli kids are playing soccer with the Palestinian kids. And all of a sudden, they, they, they set their weapons down to go kick around a ball with 
the enemy. That's echoing the good news of Jesus Christ. Dan Savage, in September of 2010, Dan Savage and his partner Terry Miller made a video that said because uh, LGBT youth were killing themselves in droves. Suicide among the gay population was on the rise. They said, we need to do something about it. And they started a program called It Gets Better. And they made a video to proclaim hope to LGBT youth. And that program, look it up. It Gets Better. Wonderful videos made by gay people saying it gets better, offering hope to the LGBT community. A guy named Shane Claiborne as part of a new monastic movement, started a group called The Simple Way. And this group made intentional housing in the middle of Philadelphia. And they moved into the poorest, poorest parts of Philadelphia, and they just decided to live there and be a part of this community. Oddly, or maybe not, there were no churches in this area. Why is that? I'll let you answer it. But Shane Claiborne started this group, this intentional community, and they would feed people. They would get to know the neighbors. They would put on barbecues. They would live sustainably. They would take empty lots and make gardens out of them, and and people would come and garden uh, and get their hands dirty in the soil. And when Philadelphia passed a law that said you cannot give food to people on the streets, they they turned their giving of food into the giving of Eucharist. Because once you pray over the elements in certain traditions, it no longer becomes food, it becomes the body and blood of Christ. So they would pray over the food and then distribute it to people, thus avoiding getting arrested (laughs) for distributing food. Amen. You can give Shane an applause for that. These are extraordinary, radical things, but we can live out this message in our everyday lives in the tiny little ways that in the darkness we bring light, in the hopeless world we bring hope, in the midst of death we bring life. Amen? Easter is about bringing life into this lifeless existence, this lifeless world. And anywhere, and I don't even care if it's not Christian. Anywhere that life and light is being brought into the world, we should amen that. Amen? We should amen that and be a part of it because this world needs some light. So many are looking for life among the dead. And they're not finding life. It is my prayer that on this Easter morning that we commit ourselves to being people of life, to being people of the resurrection, to being people who echo these brave, strong, uppity women who brought good news to a skeptical and doubting group of men. We're faced with that same challenge in the world we live in. But the living Christ has equipped us for such a task as this. Let us pray. 
O loving and gracious God, on this Easter morning we give you praise and we give you honor and glory with our, our worship and our words. You, every Easter, you inspire us. May we take that inspiration from this place out into the hurt and broken world that we may indeed be declaring the light You have shined in the darkness. And may we do it in a way that honors all humanity and that invites everyone into new life. And may we find that light and life in our own sorrows and our own challenges and our own despairs. We thank You for this community that is gathered here today. We thank You for the blessing of relationship we can have through Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning, uh, just a little background, uh, over Lent, if you haven't been here, we have been adding our prayers to the, to the prayer wall here. Uh, many of them have been prayers of lament, prayers of of uh, supplication prayers of confession seeking forgiveness and they're all they're all still there and uh, by the way after easter we're going to install this wall in the narthex so that we can continue to add prayers to our prayer wall and then periodically i think i'll take them down and i will pray over them i won't read them but i will me and a group of people may pray over them and then dispose of them in some proper way like burning them or something like that but today, today I want us to have an opportunity to respond in the same way, but in praise and acknowledging that God has blessed us, that God has given us new life even in the midst of death. And the way I want us to do that this morning is while we sing our song here, you are invited to come forward. In fact, Dennis, why don't you come demonstrate this? Come forward and you can place a flower in the prayer wall. And just mix them in among the prayers uh, there on the prayer wall. And that will be our, our prayer of praise this morning. I just invite you, it's a long song, so you can take your time. We don't have to bunge up here. Give everyone a little bit of space. And just uh, come forward as you feel led. And uh, add your prayers to this wonderful prayer wall we have here. And also, this, this is a new song, but it's such a great Easter song. The words are in there. It's pretty easy. Join, in us at, join with us in singing as you can.
is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, for you are holy. Alleluia. Sing Alleluia. Alleluia. For our Lord God Almighty reigns.
Sing worthy, you are worthy. Holy, you are. 
kings, Lord of lords. 